I'm going to do something, and I'm going to kind of change a little bit because we've been doing expository study. We're diving into 1 Corinthians, and, and I, I broke this down a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about sex is only for marriage. And you're like, what a weird thing to talk about in church. What a necessary thing to talk about church. I hate losing, okay? Does anybody else hate losing? We did this uh, pastor versus pastor competition with the teen class uh, the other day, uh, and uh, it was Pastor Scott that was here last Sunday, and all the other pastors, Pastor Dave from Thrive, and we were going head to head, and there was some competitions that I lost, like really lost, and it, like, I hate losing, okay? I just hate losing. You know, it just bothers me. I it just, and I, I think for Christians, we should get fed up with losing. So we don't lose, Pastor Tony, we're on the winning side. Let me tell you, the only reason why David was on the winning side is because he went out there with the Spirit of God. Your little title of Christian and churchgoer doesn't make you a winner, okay? It doesn't make you a winner, okay? That's a great title. It means that you know where to go to get the power to win, but it doesn't make you a winner. And I, I think it's important that we understand what it takes. So before I get into this, in today's message, we'll be more topical, Okay, and because of the context of this, because I'm going to take this a little deeper in the context of the message that that first Corinthians goes into. And so uh, if you don't know the difference, what what we're doing through Corinthians is we're going through these verses and then we're breaking down the passage that we get to. And what I'm doing is I'm going to take my points from different passages around Scripture. Okay, so there's just a difference. But I, I want you to understand when we're talking about everything that I'm going to talk about today, it's spiritual warfare. Outright, in your face, spiritual warfare. Before we get the idea that, oh, we're okay and it's not a big deal, I'm just going to reveal some attacks and in, in, uh, some scripture about our enemy. The Bible says in 1, Corinthians, or 1 Peter 5 8, be sober, you better be awake, you better have your act together, you better be vigilant, you better be ready to fight because your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion walking about, walketh about, seeking out whom he may devour. Now, just to lay this out, he's not just going through our public schools. He's not just walking through your family. He's not just walking around the church. He is seeking out whom he may devour. Devour literally means, I looked it up, the word literally means to totally consume. He's not going to be happy with knocking you down. That's why I'm not happy just knocking down the enemy. I I, want to cut his head off. I know that don't, don't start tweeting all these quotes of me out, okay? He's going to be like, <laughs> seeking out, he's hunting down. The Bible says in, in, in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. He steals. He loves to take your family and take the joy out of your family. He loves, to, he loves to take unity out of your family. He loves to take the peace out of your life. That's what he does. He takes from you. He gets any chance. You say, he can't take it. God, God's given this to me. I, I'll tell you, when you open the door and the Bible says neither give place to the devil, a lot of times it's not a matter of him being able to kick in the door. We open the door. Let's just be real. We open the door. And I'll be talking about that in the message today. But his objective is to kill and destroy. To kill and destroy. Literally means his goal is not just your marriage, it's divorce. It's not just your kids. It's suicide. I'm just being real. His goal is not just to tear you apart through anxiety and depression and and lack of peace and all these things. It's more than that. He's constantly working. I think he has tools. He has weapons. He has a plan of attack. He's subtle in what he does. 
When Adam and Eve were in the garden, he, he wasn't standing there with a sign saying, come eat of the fruit and I'll destroy your life. He, he didn't do that. He was subtle. He began to take what God said and just twist the words of God, just manipulate what God had said. Satan is not omnipresent. I, we, we need to lay this out. He's not omnipresent. Literally means he's not every place at, at one time. We, 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 we give him credit to this all the time. Well, Satan really worked on me today. Satan's working. Satan, Satan's working. But can I explain to you how Satan works? The Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. Now listen to this next part. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. It's behind the evil of this world, behind the sinfulness, behind the addictions, behind alcohol, behind, behind the drug abuse, behind all these things that, that just wreak havoc on our lives, behind these things, there's rulers. There, there, there's an agenda. There's something happening. There's something going on. And the Bible says behind this, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, that is what we're wrestling against. Some of the problems that we face today is Satan literally setting the stage to use the things of this world to destroy us. The rulers of the darkness of this world. The Bible says to fight back. This is what I'm talking about, spiritual warfare. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, having all done to stand. You know what the idea of standing is? He's not pushing me down. He's not pushing me around. Let's go. It is not the cockiness of like, I've been in church my whole life. Let's go. No, it's, it's a matter of pick up the sword of the Spirit and understand that we have something powerful in our hands. And that's why we take the Word of God that we're learning today. We allow it to penetrate our hearts, penetrate our minds, change our thinking, and walk out of here different. It's a goal. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, when we got in in this, he said, grace and peace be unto you. Last week I talked about, a week before last, about great peace. God desires for there to be peace in your life, peace in your marriage, peace in your kids, peace in the church. He desires peace. Satan desires the opposite. You know why? Because he's come to kill, seek, and destroy. So Paul was on a mission to give this. So 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, I already preached this, but I'm going to re-preach the message, but in a different context. He said, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. Now, you don't have to turn here. Let me just rattle this off. I want to give the point across of why I'm stopping to, to hammer this issue. Chapter 6, verse 13, the body is not for fornication. Chapter 6, verse 18, flee fornication. Chapter 7, verse 2, nevertheless, avoid fornication. Chapter 10, verse 8, neither let us commit fornication. Do you think there's a theme that he's getting into? Stop, stop, stop. You know, just like the, the fighting against this constantly is what he's saying. It sounds like he's just repeating it. But I, I've already done this definition. Fornication, let me give you the definition of this. Fornication is to act as a harlot or to indulge in unlawful lust. To act as a harlot or to engage in unlawful lust. He deals with lust. It's not just sex out of marriage. He deals with lust. The Greek word uh, uh, porn, or the Greek word that we have, that we have, it's, it's porneo, the act as a harlot or whatever. But if you notice, does that word look familiar in our language today? Because that's where it came from. Does, it, does anybody notice that? The Greek word for fornication is not just sexual acts, it's porn. It's, 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 it's sexual lust, and that's what the definition is, to indulge in unlawful lust. It's not just the act of this, but it's a desire for these things. We deal with this today, and I tell you, this has become a bigger pandemic 
than COVID-19. It is sweeping through our homes. It's sweeping through the church. It's sweeping through our culture. It's sweeping through marriages. It's destructing our kids. It's, it's becoming second nature in, in our, our, our children because of the accessibility of this. Let me explain to you why I'm, I'm willing as a pastor to take time on a Sunday morning and you say, this doesn't apply to all of us. Let, let me explain it like this. Roughly 40 million Americans click on porn sites regularly. 40 million Approximately 25% of all search engine searches are for pornography. 20% of the internet searches on a mobile device, on your cell phone, smart device, is for porn. 20%. 20% of what people use their mobile device for for searching is porn. 56% of American divorces involve one party having obsessive interest in pornographic websites. 47% of families in the United States reported pornography is a problem in their home. 47%, almost half that reported and even admitted to this. Pornography use increases marital infidelity, cheating, and marriage increases by more than 300%. Listen to this, 68% of church-going men view pornography on a regular basis. 33% of women aged 25 and under uh, search for porn at least once a month. 11 Uh, The age 11 is the average age of a child that is exposed to porn. 94% of children by the age of 14 are exposed to porn. You say, is this an issue? Why why would you take a Sunday and preach on this? One, Paul addressed it. But let me tell you, Paul couldn't even address it to the, the full application to what we can today because of it being such a big issue in today's culture today. And we all know that. You say, how is that? Well, if you've got a cell phone, a smart TV, internet, Wi-Fi, tablet, computer, desktop, whatever, it is pumped into our homes. It's all over. So yes, we're going to address this today because it's Bible. And although it's topical and although I have to jump around, I believe the principles can change our life and save our marriages, save our kids. Number one, I want to address the dangers of porn. Satan has always used, always used sex as, as a way to destroy. We can go back to the, the life of Samson. We can go to the, the story of David uh, in, uh, in, in the Bible, a man after God's own heart, where he, he lusts after Bathsheba. We could go through and know Satan has always used this. But I can tell you now that Satan has upped his game. This issue goes much deeper than just porn. It's a, it's a, it, it twists our view of, porn, uh, of sexuality. It twists our view of marriage. It, 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 it affects how a teenager is raised looking at pornographic material from 11, 12, 13, and they start dating and acting it out. And all of a sudden we have date rape because their mind has been polluted and twisted in such a way that they don't even know how to properly view a woman. It's not a matter of her being a gift from God or viewing them as something special or fearfully and wonderfully made. What we do through pornography is we make women a product. You purchase it for enjoyment. And I'm not talking about like the, the sex trade, that's a whole other issue. But let me tell you, even the sex trade is based on the, the, the roots of it goes into pornographic material. It's sexual addictions. It's broken marriages. It's hurt spouses. It's kids having addictions before they even get to the dating age. It, it's, it's anxiety because I can't quit. It's, it's frustrating because I don't know where to go to quit. How do you quit when it's, when it's one click away? Paula was addressing this for believers, and he said in, in Ephesians, which was another church that he wrote to in 5.3, he said, but fornication and all uncleanliness, 
and covetousness, which desiring something you shouldn't have, all of those three words tie into uh, to sex in that way, and uh, the, the application of this, to desire what you should not have, something that is unclean, or the level of fornication, which is to act in an uh, unlawful lust. Let it not be named once again among you. So, so God's parameters for this is like none. It's not sometimes, or just in some videos, or some things that I watch. No, it's none. I'm teaching this because we're different. If you want to go by the world's perspective of this, they're going to tell you once in a while, or it's not a big deal, or as long as you're an adult, or mature con. Doc, but I'll tell you, why are they not saying that 300% increase in, uh, in, in cheating in couples today? Why are they not talking about our kids dealing with this at a young age? Why are we not talking about the fact that anxiety, depression, suicide, and everything is skyrocketing in our culture today? Why are we ignoring the product of this? Even a lot of this stuff that we deal with, with, with abortion and all these things, it's, it's a lot of it, if we were to come back to the roots of it, is to protect our minds before we protect our acts, before we protect the, what's coming out, out of the issues of these things. Go back to the heart of it. Let me spell it out. Porn and sexual lust is sin. It's just sin. I'm not, I'm not going to relabel it. I'm not going to call it adult about products or adult content or whatever and, and when they talk about like going to a strip club and they call it a gentleman's club it's not a gentleman's club it's sin it, it, we, we like to relabel things to, to make it not so dirty or not so offensive well it's sin stop putting sissy labels on things to make yourself feel better about yourself just call it what it is it's sin it's sin Jesus said this but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery already in his heart. Adultery is sin. He said if you're going to look upon a woman to crave or lust or desire or fantasize about her, he said you've crossed the line to sin. Who said that? It was Jesus Christ. You know what he was making about it? He made it about it. He hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Do you realize what God is after for mankind, for us as his believers, is he's after peace. He wants us to live differently, not just be saved, I'm on my way to heaven, but for us to have marriages that are filled with peace. You know, when, when I talk, and I'm not trying to just reiterate this over and over again, but I tell you, it's such a big issue in our life where young people don't have young pe- uh, peace, they don't have satisfaction, they, they, they're, they're in turmoil, they're cutting themselves, they're, 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 they're stressed out all the time, and it's like because they brought something back into their life that does not bring, it does not bring peace. Jesus makes it about the heart. Do you guys get that? It's not just about what you do. He brings it right back to the heart. He said, you've already in your heart are craving something that does not belong to you. To desire a woman that is not your wife or to lust after her body or her looks is sin. Let, let me ask you, with what the world is pumping out today, does that line up with what the Bible's definition is? Let me give you Google's definition. So, well, we don't go by Google. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say... With what they're producing, what God says is wrong, let's just line it up. Let's see what the world's definition of pornography is. Pornography is the portrayal of erotic behavior designed to cause sexual excitement. It is words, acts, or representations that are calculated to stimulate, calculated, figured out, planned out, to stimulate sexual feelings independent of the presence of another loved one and a chosen human being. 
It is literally to create the atmosphere of the intimacy of marriage without what God has ordained of marriage and to create a fantasy or an outside world, to step out of the boundaries of what God says. And the very definition is we're going to create a, create a fantasy for you to live in the context that, that crosses the boundaries of marriage. Let's look at Google again, their definition of porn. Porn is television programs, television programs, magazine, books, etc., that are regarded in, as emphasizing the sensuous or sensational uh, aspects of non-sexual subjects and stimulating a compulsive interest in their audience. God calls this sin. They're, they're not saying this, saying, can we tell you what we're doing wrong? We're so sorry. No, they're just like, hey, we, we know that we're going to put in movies. We're going to put in shows. We're going to put on Instagram and TikTok. We're going to put it wherever we can things that draw you towards an affection or feeling to stir up feelings and emotions that are addictive. God calls it sin. Let me, let me point out this. Porn and sexual lust is not only sin, but porn and sexual lust is a tool of Satan. Just lay it out, just, just so you know who is behind it. I want you to see the deeper than just sex and porn, but it's spiritual warfare. When you take the tool of Satan, when you take the bait of Satan, because the Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices, we should understand our kind of idea of what he's doing. It's not just a matter of, hey, there's entertainment that's different than the world. No, the entertainment has a purpose. Spiritual warfare. Everything that God has said when he created marriage in Adam and Eve in the garden, he said, this is good. It's good. Satan takes what is good, he twists it around, and he throws it back out there, and he makes it not good. He perverts it. That's what pervert means. It means to twist the Bible says, the thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill and destroy, to take from us. He takes what God says is good, and he takes something that God has created for good, and he manipulates it to create something that is not good. Let me illustrate this. I'm going right back to some of the passages that I taught, I taught on a couple weeks ago. When God created marriage, he said, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked. The man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. So the word cleave in that passage right there literally means to have connectivity. It literally means that there is a connection between a husband and a wife, between a man and a woman, in that context of marriage, that's going to be different than any other relationship. It is, it is different. They're, they're, when, you, when our kids get married, they leave the house. When you got married, you leave the house. I love my parents. I love my mom and dad. Great, you should. But there's a disconnect that happens. I, I, I appreciate Scott being here last week and the friendship that I have. But I mean, that's a best friend and a friend that's taken closer than a brother. But I, I step away. There's a, there's a breaking of that. But when God has created a marriage, he's created it to be a bond. Let me just say some stuff that you're just going to like say you're just stupid or whatever. But God created men to like to look at naked women. You say, oh, that's so weird or bad. No, it's, a, it's, it's not a bad thing at all. God, God created Adam to go, whoa, man. I mean, it's like he created there to be a connectivity between they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. There's an attraction there. God intentionally made man to be attracted and women to be attracted to each other. And then the balance that God created between the emotions and feelings and the physical and the emotional, all that other stuff, he made a connection. Why? To cleave unto his wife. 
Satan steps into what should be in the bonds of marriage. Do you understand when God created Adam and Eve, he could have created just a man and a woman? You guys know what I'm saying? You say, he did. I know he did. But in the relationship demonstrated, he never just says man and woman. They were both naked, the man and his wife. Did you guys see that? Naked, man and his wife, connected, attracted to, and oh, what's the rest of it? They were not ashamed. Because it was satisfying in the context of what God created to be magnetic in that. Satan steps in and he takes the principle of the magnetic draw, the connection, the attraction. He pulls it out of marriage and throws it into our minds, throws it into our entertainment. He throws it into relationships. He throws it in the dating. He throws it into this to be connecting to all sorts of things that are bonding us to something that can't satisfy and wasn't meant to be. So all of a sudden, there's this emotional cleaving to emotional ideas and fantasies and everything, and it never, ever, ever satisfies. So it's constantly ripped apart, pulled apart. Relationships break down. You, you, you have sex outside of marriage. You have pornographic experience. You have these fantasies, and it never, ever, ever satisfies. Because this marriage over here, the what God created, was created to satisfy. Satan has to, because of the agenda of what he takes from us and twist it, his agenda was never to be satisfied. Kill, seek, and destroy. He's not after your happiness. He, he, he doesn't care about you being satisfied. He cares nothing about the peace that you're going to have in your life. Then the very next verse in Genesis, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Satan stepped in. Okay, he, he always does that. It's spiritual warfare attacking what God created that God said was good. He's subtle. He has a plan to destroy. Let, let me take this a l- little bit deeper. He, and, I, and I've somewhat said this, but Satan uses sexual sins to capture us. That's what he does. It, it's, it's, it's his net. It's his, uh, it's his bait. However you want to put it. It starts in our minds. How has Satan captured us? I'm asking the question, how do we get so messed up if we know that this is wrong? It's the same thing with an affair. You, you think, I know this is wrong. I know this is wrong. It's one little step at a time. It's going down a path that leads to destruction. It's getting away from the things of God and going in the opposite direction. But Satan knows how to do it because he's completely changed our view of porn. Uh, let's be honest. Years ago, why is this such an increased subject today? Why is it such a big deal today? Years ago, <clears throat> it was called Triple X. If you saw a sign or a strip joint or an adult bookstore or whatever, you had to pull to the... I'm not saying this by experience, okay? I'm just... Everybody's looking at me like... Had to pull into a dark parking lot, go to the back door, go inside and purchase adult materials. It's called adult materials. You had to go into a gas station and get the magazine behind the counter that's, you know, it was called adult. It was, you know, they, they kind of separated it then. Man, Satan has upped his game so much now. Now it's not even labeled necessarily as pornographic. It's, it's not those kind of things. Now it's no longer triple X. It's not adult material. It doesn't even have to be called Playboy <clears throat> or anything like that. Satan walks right into our homes through Netflix and On Demand and HBO and Stars. Shows that are filled with sex and nudity. I, I, I looked up. I was like, what are the most popular shows today? I'm not trying to harp on anything. I'm just being real. And one thing that I want you to get is application. 
The Bible applies to our lives. So let, let's just do some application in this, okay? I'm teaching, I'm helping, I'm guiding you guys as we go there because that's my job as a pastor. <clears throat> I don't know much about this show, but I just looked it up because it was the fact that it was one of the most popular shows in the world. Bridgerton, I think it's called. IMDb, picture, uh, when, when I had this, I pulled it up, and this is what Bridgerton has on IMDb. This is not a Christian website. I'm not going to plug in movie review by focus on the family. I'm going by the secular. When it talks about parents' guide and it says sex and nudity, it literally just labels it as red and says it's severe. And you click on that and it talks nudity, 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 sex, 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 and nudity. It just, just has it all laid out there. It's, it's, it's the world's way of, of labeling things. On Netflix and anything like that, if the show begins to start, you get a, you get a screen that says this. And, and it, what it is, is, it says TV mature. The MA is mature. Adult contact, adult language, nudity, strong sexual contact, uh, content, and violence, okay? Now, when something like that pulls up, they're labeling nudity and adult language and, and strong sexual content as mature, Literally, they're putting an age level on it, like if you're 5 or 6 or 10 or whatever. But they said when you get old enough to handle it. Well, old enough to handle is when you're married and you can't handle it. We're not supposed to handle it. If you were to take Proverbs, he says, can a man, when he's talking about sexual temptation, can a man take fire into his, into his hands and to like pick up fire and coals and then walk around and not be burned? No, you can't. But the world's way of thinking is, well, I'm old enough to handle this, or I'm an adult, or whatever. It's just that they, they label things like this. See, what we've allowed Satan to do is we've allowed him to relabel sin. It's no longer pornographic. It's no longer, you know, uh, hustler. It, it, it doesn't have the word porn in it. It's just a popular show on TV. It's even set back in the 1700s or whatever. It's, it's just a popular show on TV. And all of a sudden, we're walking down a path that God said not to touch. It's changed our perspective. Because now even Christians say, well, everybody does that. I mean, are you serious? Are you that old-fashioned? Pastor Tony, are you that out of touch? Seriously? That's so weird, man. It's, you know, it's nudity is nudity. It's nothing I haven't seen before. You know, all these, anything to, to, to justify it, it's, it's just this. But... <laughs> When I say it's changed our perspective, let me tell you, we went from the Bible says that flee fornication or flee lust or flee what Jesus said, who is the one that died on the cross for your sins. So if you can believe him in the fact that you can go to heaven because of the blood of Jesus Christ, why are you going to pick and choose what else he said? Because when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father but by me. Do you believe that? Amen, we believe that. If not, we're all doomed for hell. Then you can also believe him when he says... Do not look upon a woman to lessen your heart because you've committed adultery already in your heart. Which one are you going to say? Jesus is this, but he's not this? He has a way to heaven, but he doesn't have a way to purity and, and, and satisfaction in your life? You can't pick and choose when it comes to this. This is how Satan works. Go back to Ephesians 5.3. He says, when it, when it comes to fornication and uncleanliness and covetousness, he says, not to be named once among you. It's not okay at all. We draw the lines of this. How are we different? Let me explain how we're different. When he says, Psalms 101 verse 3, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the works of them that turn aside. 
and she'll not cleave to me. Do you, do you understand what he was saying? When it comes to anything that comes on our phones or on our TVs or a, a, a magazine cover or what, whatever it is, and Satan throws it all over us, all over our world, constantly, just enough to stir the mind up, just enough to draw you to it, just to be, enough to pull you there, that magnetic pull that he was created to have in marriage between husband and wife. The Bible says, according to this verse, I will set, I, I won't put it before my eyes. I'm going to guard my eyes. I will not let it cleave to me. I'm not going to let it connect to me. And I'll tell you what, take the first step. You'll take the second step. It's just how it works. It will not cleave to me. It sticks in our hearts. It sticks in our heads. It stirs up curiosity. It draws you back. It's designed to do this. Well, what do you mean it's designed? Yeah, it's designed to do that. It's like it's, it's intimacy and marriage to be drawn back to each other. It was, it was, it was created to do that. Here's the second thing. Satan uses sexual sin to control us. All things are lawful unto me, but not all things are expedient. All things are lawful for me. We'll get into these verses because it's part of our study. But I will not be brought under the power of any. You understand that there's things in the world that Satan puts out there, and they're, they're addictive and they're powerful. They, they, he's, I'm not going to be brought under the power. Let me just explain it like this pornography is addictive and they've explained it pornography is addictive on a level even deeper than nicotine and cocaine it, it's it there's there's we have these it's it's a drug it's um our minds were created by god to have dopamine you see the sunrise and it's beautiful i love it dopamine it's, it's that chemical that rushes to your brain to give you the happy feelings okay and it's like you see a puppy, okay, for some of you. You see a puppy, and you're like, oh, cute, it's a puppy. It's like, until it starts chewing up your stuff in your house, and then it's not so cute. Another subject for another time. God created sex to be tied into dopamine, a rush to your brain, okay? It's, 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 it's this overwhelming feeling. Satan has taken that feeling, and he's put it into sex, or it took it into sexual temptation, where it's, 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 it's airbrushed, not real. There's no woman in the world that truly looks like that, acts like that. There's no true, you know, it's, it's, it's all made up. Do you understand? You now get a uh, dopamine high off something that is not real. It's, it's an overdose, okay? But then your mind is overstimulating. You don't know what to do with it. And, and, and it becomes addictive to that because it's not real. Step in there and say it's real for the moment. It is. Sin is, is, it brings pleasure for a season. It brings pleasure for the moment. By the way, I'll be honest, so does alcohol. So does drugs and so does pills. So does cocaine and all those. And people, are, people say, why do they even do that? For, it's for the moment. But Satan has an agenda behind it. You understand? He, he, he has all these things for an agenda because it leads down a path that never satisfies like God created marriage to satisfy. So you come back and you come back. And by the way, I'm not getting into all this, but it takes you deeper and deeper and deeper. You say, why is child porn such an issue today? I'll tell you why child porn is such an issue today. Because of the fact is we have twisted minds that keep on viewing things that should not be viewed in our minds. And it pollutes our minds. Uh, let, let me go to the second one. I know I'm running out of time. I, this is just such a big deal that not... A, the destruction of porn, okay? It destroys. Let me, James 1, 5. And when lust hath conceived, 
And here's the thing. You're going to see it in this world. It's, it's on every platform. It's going to be on pop-ups. It's going to be, but when love hath conceived, when it gets from your eyes to your heart, that the idea of conception where it takes a hold of you and you take the second look to it, when love hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Rob's peace. It's the opposite of good. It's the, uh, sin is the opposite of what God has. So Rob's peace, it li- Rob's goodness, it robs unity, it robs all those things. And same when it is finished, bring it forward that. You say, you've said that. No, it's another passage, same meaning. Okay? You might say, it doesn't affect me. And sin when it is finished. You don't know the idea of a finish line? It's the fact that, 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 that sin has an objective. It, it's, it's, on, it's on a road or it's a path to lead to something. Let me illustrate this just so we get this. David, you say, I'm, I'm stronger than that. I, I have the right mindset. I'm bigger than that. I, I, I've got this. If we were to take a poll of the most spiritual people in the Bible, you know who we talk about? David. You know why we use David as an illustration of one of the most spiritual people in the Bible? Because David was a man after God's own heart. David literally pursued the heart of God. It wasn't just a matter of he threw rocks and brought down giants and won victories and all these other things that we talk about. No, it was a matter at the very beginning of that, David was a man after God's own heart. Okay, he loved God. David started falling into sin, and it came to pass at evening time that David rose off his bed and walked upon the roof where the king's house was. And from the roof, he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. Now, I know it's not the same context as pornography, but it really is. It's not that he was engaging sexual sin with this. He, he just saw something. When he saw that she was beautiful to look upon, he went back to that same sin. He, he, what happened to it? Well, the Bible says in Lamentations, my eye affects my heart. It affects your actions. He walks away from that. He's walking on his mind, walking on his mind, working on his mind. He's just constantly going through his mind. Then what happens? And David sent messengers and took her. He went on to her, and he lay with her, literally had sex with her. What happens? Bathsheba gets pregnant. He now has to cover his sin. He has to cover his path. He has to know what he does. He, he calls Uriah and tries to manipulate the situation to make it look like it was his, his, his child. That fails because he's loyal to the calling that he had. So he sends him to the front line and has him murdered, has him killed deliberately. Put him on the front line. You say, this is David, a man after God's own heart. Never estimate, underestimate the power of sin. Say, I won't do that. I won't get that far. No, David would have never thought that. But his eye affected his heart. Don't underestimate this. We we are to live different. We have the misconception as well as young people that have this and say, I just can't wait for the day that I get married. Then I won't struggle with this anymore. Can I explain this? It's not a sex issue. It's a heart issue. If your heart's not right, the sex won't be right. I don't care if you do get married and you go, and maybe for a season I broke this habit. No, it's a habit in the heart. And it destroys from the inside out. It's time for different. Let Let me finish with this. And that is the defeat of porn. Let me just say it like this. Losing is an option. It's optional. You say, I told you guys, I hate, I hate losing. I hate losing. I, and I'm not, I'm not calling names. I'm not asking for hands to be raised. I'm not doing anything like that. I'm being real and transparent with you guys. When I talked about 68% of men that go to church deal with this, that's probably only the people that admitted to it. If you're a guy, you struggle with it, okay? If you're a guy, you flat up struggle with it. But I, I, I'm taking this to the next level. I'm just saying those that are literally trapped. Let, let me give you this. The Bible says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. 
Okay, God, you, you say it's a heart issue, but let me tell you, God overtakes the heart. There's a power, there's a force that brings down the giant. There's a power and a force that, 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 that breaks through the, the impossible, the addiction. Jesus is a chain breaker. He does break every chain. He has the ability to do that. It's, it's, it's just like we talked about at the beginning. It's, it's not your good intention. It's not, I'm going to do this. It's a matter of you cannot do it without God. With that said, let me take it further. It's not just a matter of, I've got God, I've done, I'll do it my way. No, it's God's way, God's plan. God's way has to be done God's plan. So let me break that down to you. Number one, you have to accept God's standard. When he said in Ephesians 5, 3, let it not be named once among you, that literally means you've got to cut it out of your life. It's not a weakened thing or a sometimes thing or a boredom thing or a stress relief thing. It is let it not be named once among you. Cut it out. Acknowledge that porn in any form is sin. If you see that label come up before you watch your show, turn it off. Acknowledge in that moment, well, if we keep watching, we're just going to walk into sin. Just say it. Stop watering it down. I don't know why our marriage is failing. I don't know why we don't get along. Because you drug Satan into the middle of it. It doesn't work. God has a plan that's so much better. In the beginning, God created Adam and Eve, and they were both naked and not ashamed. Acknowledge that it's porn. Stop justifying. Stop ignoring it. Stop saying what the world says. Stop listening to the world. Sexual lust of any form is sin. Number two, remove temptation. You are not meant to battle this. You're not meant to fight this. You don't sit down with a show and say, this time I'm going to look away. You weren't meant to look away. The Bible says, flee fornication. He said, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I will set no wicked thing. I'm not even going to put it before my eyes. Remove it. The Bible says, abstain from fleshly lust which wars against your soul. Let's be honest, everybody listening, teens, adults, stop scrolling through TikTok viewing suggestive videos and wondering why you have an addiction. Stop scrolling through Instagram photos that are suggestive and inappropriate. Stop watching your favorite series that has news scenes and warns you of it and just say it was just one scene. Not a hint, not once, not once, not once. Stop having posters up in your man cave and justifying it as just a manly macho thing. You want to do the manly macho thing? Be like David. Seek after God. Be, 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 be somebody that your kids can walk in your man cave or your office or your garage or whatever. You don't, well, don't look at that song. That's just for us men. Why don't you man up? Why don't you man up? Start viewing women as a gift from God of what God has brought into our lives as something special and precious and not a product to be purchased or hung on your wall or viewed on your screen. Guard your heart. The Bible says, keep your heart with all diligence. Be diligent about it. For out of it are all the issues of life. Guard your heart by putting up blockers on websites. Put parameters on your cell phones. Have accountability with your spouse. Delete, cancel things that trip you up. I'll tell you what, I'd rather not have these things pumped into my home than I would constantly fail. Stop watching the shows. Stop binge watching sin and wanting God to bless you. Hey, are you sick of losing? I'm sick of losing. I'm sick of Satan pushing us around. I'm sick of praying for revival and then running to sin. 
Bible talks in the Old Testament about the dog returning to its vomit. So that's so gross. Well, let it be gross. Let that image just penetrate your mind. I, I hope it sticks in your mind. I'm done with this. And then the dog runs back to it and eats it again. That's so, so disgusting. God says, yeah, it is disgusting. Honey, I want the best marriage. I want to be the man of God. Well, then make some changes in your life. Make some changes. Guard your heart. Last thing, do not fight it alone. One of the biggest problems that we have today is the fact that I've got this, but I'm going to deal with it myself. You weren't created to deal with it yourself. The Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. That word exhorting is pretty cool. It's what we're doing right now. I'm going to call you near. I'm going to give you the word. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to edify. I'm going to do all these things. I'm exhorting one another. But it says this, and so much the more as you see the day approaching, because the Bible knew that we would need each other more as we get closer to the end. Guys, it would be a great day. And I'm, I'm not picking on guys over the girls, but let's just be real in context of this. It's just there, there's a bigger problem with guys. And because God made you that way. Go to somebody and say, I have a problem. I have a problem. I'm being honest. I have a problem. You know what you're going to get from that? You're going to get iron sharpening iron. You're going to get accountability. The Bible says, confess your faults one to another. Say, I can't do this alone. You know what? You, you, you can fight through the spirit of God alone, but you can't have accountability by yourself. And the Bible speaks of accountability. I am ready for change. I am one to be a church that people come to and we see people say, you say, amen to that. The spirit of God can't work when we're harboring sin in our hearts. The spirit of God cannot work in our worship as we get excited about the same God. Well, then we better live like David when he had his heart right with before God and he ran to the Goliath to bring down the giant because he walked in the spirit of God. Don't you want to be a man of God? Don't you want to pray and see God intervene in our prayers because of the fact is that God can anoint us and God can touch us and God can move in our lives because we're an empty vessel, not filled with sin, not filled with be holy for I am holy. I'm ready for change. I'm challenging us to be different.